Hello and welcome everyone to the Aussie Queens covering the Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition Week 4, Legs 7 and 8. I am Annabelle and as always I am joined by my bestest buddy. I love you. Let's never fight like that. How are you, Sarah? Oh, I have an attitude of gratitude. Oh, beautiful beautiful mm -hmm. <laughs> it's wonderful to be here it's getting exciting these were these were great legs i enjoyed that mm, great legs annabelle <laughs> <laughs> well some of the legs here were greater than others <laughs> oh some of them were eight legged legs Ooh. um but we'll get to that yes look i i thought it was a, a great week of the race, a great couple of legs, and looking forward to we, – we must be coming to the pointy end because we're down to five. We must be. We're edging closer and closer to the finale. I am so invested in these teams now. I was gutted going into the end of episode eight. I was relieved like nothing else that it was a non-elimination I don't know how I'm going to go when we do get to the finale and I have to see everyone bar one be eliminated. Exactly. Exactly. But, you know, some, only, one, only one team wins. Uh, so we must put on our big girl panties and just take it. <laughs> no big girl panties for me. I like them right up to the waist. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, heading into episode seven, they are going to see him reap to see Angkor Wat. Um, and I thought, Sarah, I don't know if you've been there before, but Angkor Wat is always teeming with people. I never know how the influencers get those photos looking like no one else is there because it's absolutely packed. I think they must have paid to have it cleared so there were only a few non-racers mulling around that day. Yes, I mean, if you think it's not just the the teams and it's always good to remember that each team isn't two people, it's four people because you have your cameraman and your sound man who are running just like you are uh, but with the equipment on their backs. And I'm always amazed at how rarely we actually see the amazing cameramen and the amazing sound men and women and non-binary <laughs> camera people, uh, very occasionally you'll see another team's uh, technical people running across the back of the screen. But it's very rare in all the episodes that I've watched of, of US and Canada and Australia, um, they really are quite something. Running around in the heat, carrying all that equipment, it's a no thanks from me. Mm -hmm. Exactly. All right, so the first clue is at a souvenir shop, uh, and that's where they find out that they've got to go and give an offering to a monk at Angkor Wat. The people are already in the tuk-tuks heading there, and Beck, Beck is preempting a spider-eating challenge. She's not excited for it, but she knows it must be coming up while they're in Cambodia. Yes, she is. Uh, Kate is teasing her about how, as they drive, they are surrounded by tarantulas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. Anyway, we get there. Angie and Ali quickly find the offerings, and we start to see that Angie has hurt her back. She's really suffering from the start of this episode. Do we remember when that happened last week, Sarah, or did that happen off camera? 
I, I, it, the sawback came up last week, but it seems, I think it might be historical. I don't know if she actually hurt her back or her back is just sore. I feel, I felt in this leg like Angie and Ali were crumbling somewhat, but I think they rallied in the next leg. They really did. Um, they've been consistent performers. Uh, meanwhile, predominant theme this week is Yana and Cor really getting on each other's tits. We do love them. So the the clue is very uh, cryptic because it says you take the offering to the monk who you will see at the highest point. And as we find out, of course, the monk is not at the highest point. You must go to the highest point and then you will see the monk. But Yana very helpfully says, I reckon the highest point is up there as she points to the highest point. That is probably the most cheerful exchange they're going to have for these two entire legs. And we also get a little bit of help here. She goes, Yana, well, it's on you if we make a mistake, Cor. We're going the way you want, not the way I want. Oh, oh, he keeps his tongue here and he is, in (laughs) fact, right. And she says, okay, buddy. All right, buddy, you were right. Yes, okay, buddy, you were right. It's like, oh, okay, all right. Maybe Not her back he... hurts as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cause back might hurt from carrying his mum through these two legs. Exactly. Mm-hmm. was the MVP. He was correct, as you said, found the offering. It's He's also the one who spots the monk that they need to give it to. Yes. Yes. Uh, we are going to hear him say later, I'm six foot three and I'm in pain. It's like, yes, <laughs> Yes, we love Core. Totally team Core, team Tristan and team Stallions at this point and team Wiggles. Oh, love them. Um, I was very amused at this point. Uh, Angie and Allie give the offering to the wrong monk who looks totally stoked with it. A bit Mm -hmm. confused why he's getting it, but they're like, well, we can't exactly take it back off him, can we? You cannot take it back. They have to go all the way down, find the offering again go all the way up. And here is where, I mean, you were asking last week about the strategy of helping other teams. Uh, Here is where you could or you might not. And we do see one team help another and point out where the correct monk is without uh, them having to climb, climb stairs. So I thought that was very interesting. Yes, there's a lot of teaming up here. So I felt this honestly made me more nauseous than the spider eating part. (laughs) Tristan and Darren are teaming up with Beck and Kate. And uh, Darren says it's because he really feels like Beck and Kate are there for the right reasons. Oh, I hate that. I'm so confused. So is the inference that everybody else are just clout chasers that Beck and Kate, Darren and Tristan, the only ones there for a pure, authentic love of the race. I hate any uh, uh, reality television show contestant who goes into this right reasons, wrong reasons. Everybody's there for reasons. There are no right and wrong reasons. They're just reasons. Let's not be binary about it. (laughs) It's such bullshit, excuse my language right reasons if well jokes on them because it's a very small alliance and darren and tristan aren't left by with much by the end of this leg uh on the other hand yana's calling out the clickiness that's kind of developed um apparently there's a larger alliance that consists of yana core uh the wiggles emma and Haley, and then angie and ali 
versus the Tristan um, Beck of it all. But no one seems and to be teaming up with Harry and Teddy. There's the, they're the free agents. They can't walk a straight <laughs> line without getting lost. This is a bit of a bit of foreshadowing for the next leg. They do all their their uh, tasks generally very very well, and then they completely fall apart in navigation. <laughs> These are two men who've never folded a paper map, right? <laughs> Absolutely, I think they both said, "Between us, we only have one brain cell, and neither half seems to be working today." <laughs> Um, the stairs I think looked any, heinous, didn't they? Oh, terrible. But I think anyone would be hesitant to team up with them because they are so strong and they are so fast. Although, as we said last week, you know, they're big, strong boys, which means the endurance isn't there. But um, they seem fine in this leg. But uh, that would uh, not be good strategically to to align with them because they can do the the, the strength or the fitness tasks so quickly that uh, you could be cutting your own throat I mean you say that Tristan and Darren have by far the most wins on the board they've got four first place finishes meanwhile Teddy and Harry were really good in the first three legs they finished in the top three all three times but since they took a big hit in episode four They've never recovered. And I've been wondering, Sarah, do you think it's all psychological where they came seventh in the fourth leg and they've never got above fifth place ever since then? It is It is partly. I mean, look, there's pretty privilege, right? P- people are used, it's not their fault, <laughs> but people that are used to getting things and people being nice to them and their ways being paved, you know, they're good-looking white boys, middle-class presumably. They have had sadnesses. I'm not saying that they haven't. But when you are used to doors being opened, as Beck and Kate to a great extent are as well, it's really confronting that people could just look at you blankly and not give you what, what, what you want. And as I say, if their endurance isn't there, they, it is going to be taking a toll we see them not cheerful really for sort of the first time. Yeah, you're right. As someone who's incredibly good looking, people underestimate how exhausting it is being (laughs) this hot. Um, It does take a lot. Um, But yeah, you're right. They, they haven't been the same for a while now. And I really, really hope that, that things perk up for them next week. The only thing that cheers them up is uh, Yana and Cor bickering. I love that. <laughs> they do. And Teddy has the most wonderful core impersonation. We thought ours was good last week. I mean, hats off. That was Tristan. Tristan does the was phenomenal it? impression. Yes, he oh, does. It's sorry, not- Tristan. I know you're listening. I'm sorry, I should have given you your flowers. Tristan does an amazing impersonation. It was incredible. Um, come on, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mom. <laughs> um, I mean, speaking of Harry and Teddy falling apart a bit, they completely forget about the offering. Mm-hmm. Uh, the monk's looking at them like, uh, Bish, where's mm-hmm. my treat? But they fell backwards into a good a good position because they found the correct monk uh, before they climbed the stairs. So once they had the offering, they knew exactly where to go. Absolutely. Less stairs is better, if you ask mm-hmm. me. For the quads, so- those massive quads they both have. <laughs> 
So our detour this episode is protect your house or protect your country. So in protect your house, there is a stunning shrine and you need to memorize everything that's in the shrine and its order. And then you need to run a bit down the road, collect a kilometer, a kilometer. Yes. Yes. Heinous. And you need to memorize what it looked like and perfectly recreate it. Uh, Meanwhile, you've got protect your empire, which is where you have to learn a fighting sequence. Yes, which one would you have chosen? Mm, I think protect your house. Uh, I'm I'm a lover, not a fighter, Sarah. <laughs> well, it's interesting. Uh, all the men plus Yana did the fighting and all the women did the little spirit house, which was a charming. I'm five foot five and still in pain, frankly. Oh, I'm six foot three and in pain. So, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So we we do see there's a bit of awkwardness here. So what we what we skip past before is that the the Mean Girls Alliance, Darren, Tristan, Beck, Kate, actually send the Wiggles off in the wrong direction. Haley and Emma. Now, come to I'm sorry help. to disagree. I am sorry to disagree with you. The boys send them in the wrong direction. And Beck and Kate didn't lie. They didn't lie. They didn't say anything. Well, as you and I know, (laughs) that's exactly the same as lying to them. Exactly the same. That kind of semantic, I'm going to say the word again, bullshit really is very, very irritating. You were there when Darren sent the Wiggles the wrong way. Yes, you weren't the one that said it, but you didn't say, oh, no, actually, it's there. And then later when they meet, Beck and Kate say, oh, we noticed that they were a bit cooler towards us. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. Haley even claims that Beck and Kate were nodding in agreement with Darren. So, look, you're going to make enemies when you choose to fight dirty. I'm not against playing a little bit dirty and sending teams in the wrong direction, but you can't expect to be besties and get help at the shrine if you fluffed it up uh, in the temple. Yeah, and especially please don't go down this thing of, oh, no, we didn't lie. Just own it. Heavens above. How are you going to get onto House of Villains if you don't own it? (laughs) Totally. Um, So, yes, there is some awkwardness. Emma and Haley are not talking to Beck and Kate and whispering (laughs) about their ideas. Um, and of course, over at Protect Your Country, Yana and Cora are at each other's throats. <laughs> buddy, buddy, I am, buddy. Hi, buddy, I am. Oh, mother. Mom, I'm uh, six foot three. No, you can't just do it with someone else, Mom. I told you, straight hand. Uh, I love the moves. They were rip out your liver, break your leg, tear out your throat, and then bop you on the back. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and these wonderful live Cambodian fighters with their with their exactness and the beautiful fluidity of their movements and then, and then Yana and Cor. Mom, you've got to do a straight hand. Hey, hey, sir. Uh, buddy, I am buddy. I am but I've asked you three times not to yell at me, buddy. <laughs> 
And then we always have an interspersion then of a confessional where she talks about how proud she is of him and he says he loves her, which is the truth. But the uh, the bickering is uh, I'm hoping next next uh, next legs we don't have to trot out our impersonations. It, it was starting to get a little bit painful to watch. I love yes. them so much and they clearly love each other. And bickering can be a love language, frankly. Um, yes. But it it is getting a little bit painful to watch them fight. So at the house, over at Protect Your House, Angie and Ali actually finish first with Emma and Haley close behind them. Beck and Kate don't finish for quite a lot longer. Maybe it wasn't a great idea to have ticked off the girls this early. They had to go back. They mm. were the only only team that then had to go back the kilometre to check on what they had got wrong and then come forward again the kilometre. And and we're going to see that this may, may have been material to their placement. Yeah, absolutely. It was the beginning of the end for them. Over at Protect Your Empire, Darren and Tristan finish first. They end up arriving at the next roadblock third after um, Ali Angie, Haley, Emma, um, followed by Harry and Teddy. Um, And then Yana and Kaur, even though they were the first team to get to the detour, they were the last team out. So for the roadblock, they need to travel to the restaurant Asana Old Wooden House for who's good in the kitchen. (laughs) Sarah, are you good in the kitchen? I'm extremely good in the kitchen. However, I uh, know enough about Amazing Race to sniff out a food challenge. This was not the challenge for me. So for... For this challenge, uh, the person who was participating in the roadblock had to fry three, I believe, tarantulas, which was particularly horrific because when they're dead, all the legs curl up. And when you eight legs, twenty-eight legs. Oh, you throw them in the oil. The legs expand and wiggle (laughs) like they're alive. It's horrific. Um, and then on top of these tarantulas, they also had to eat little ramekins of grubs, cockroaches, and grasshoppers. Now, it's not just the person in the roadblock who has to suffer because the other person was allowed to sit away during the actual cooking, but they had to sit next to the person eating and witness the entire ordeal. Harry was clinging on to the step railing for dear life. It's like Harry, you're not, you don't, you don't even have to do it. It's like <laughs> I thought he was going to pass out. I know. I felt so bad for them. Angie and Haley, they are the first two who are going to participate, and they're just clutching each other and sobbing. Haley's clearly quite spider phobic. Um, they're doing a solid job, I thought. Considering they really how upset. did. They would yeah. they were they were chewing between sobs. So Yeah. You know. I liked their strategy of kind of pulling off the legs with the chopsticks and eating them in small chunks. Um, you can't see because this is an audio only podcast, but Sarah's upset just talking about I'm it. I'm upset. But I tell you, here's the strange thing, all right. If you 
presented me with a little patty and said, that is ground up tarantula, I would say, great, thank you. That is ground up crickets made into a patty. Fabulous. It's that it looks like the thing it is. And I well, I did uh, have to message you and say, well, I hope you're taking notes because I can't look at the screen. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The bit that made me squeal was when Haley starts choking and she's like, oh, no, I've got a leg caught in my throat. I heard How that. Horrific. And I have, oh, no, no, no. I do oh. like Tristan. He does say, I'm going to wolf down the spiders. <laughs> and he, as far as I could see. <laughs> they made up loads of time here. He was completely unbothered. Um, same with Yana. Yana made up a lot of time. She, I mean, you've got to say that about Yana. She is tough as anything. Not a um, fuss, not a murmur, nothing. She just got into it though she did she did give herself a stitch I think she was eating so fast <laughs> like she's saying with the bull penis this woman does not mess around um not at all so lots of um, respect I thought Emma was completely divine she coached Haley every bite so cheerfully oh just I love them I know they're so sweet um so yeah look this is where beck and kate arrive they arrive i think before yana core and harry teddy and beck is is not having a bar of it she can't even be in the restaurant knowing the dead spiders are in there Haley seems down to give it a go but beck is arachnophobic and she's not gonna have been able to sit next to kate while Kate ate them. And they kind of have a bit of a discussion. They faff around for a bit, deciding what they're going to do before they opt to take the time penalty. I know that you you had thoughts on this, Sarah. Yes. I mean, I think it's something that you could anticipate. And, and they did anticipate it when they were in yeah. the tuk-tuk. But, for example, you and I are on the race or or me and Trixie Mattel and you and Bruce Willis are on the race you know there's going to be a bungee jump or a heights challenge of some sort. And even though the clues are cryptic, you can kind of, if you take a moment to read the, the clue before saying who's going to do the roadblock, or you look around and you think, hmm, we passed a big rushing river in a gorge, I think you can say, I, I think this is going to be a heights task. And we would agree between us, all right, I'll do the heights tasks, you do the eating challenges, or whatever it might be. Or you say, you know, what's your strategy? Because you have to do half of the tasks, half of the roadblocks each. Um, and we say, we'll do turnabout. We'll do turnabout unless it's something that we suspect uh, the other is going to do really well. You decide when there's often uh, in a detour a choice of two tasks. One is a subjectively judged one. Did you dance nicely? And one is objectively move that from there to over there or find seven of those or put eight of those there. So we decided we're going to do the heavy, hard labour that is just you just do it and you're objectively right or are we going to go for the uh, the sort of the Emma Haley route, which is every creative uh, challenge. And in that they've been very successful and, in fact, we saw a physical challenge with the shrimps, you know, almost undo them coming up. So... My point, and I do have one, is that as the races, when you are calmly discussing it, when you're not actually in the middle of the race, you would have sketched out, you know, 
who's going to hold the clues? Who's going to wear the amazing bum bag? Whose job is it to count the backpacks? Who's going to handle the money? So you've got these broad strategies already decided. And so for me, I don't blame either of them for not going in on the spiders. No, I have no blame because I wouldn't, I literally wouldn't be able to do it, not even for a million dollars. And or 100000 for charity, as it is in this case. So my thing was, didn't you know that you weren't going to do it? And therefore, why didn't you immediately say, we're going to take the time penalty? And I do think that that extra 10, 15 minutes they spent discussing it was the difference between them losing and them not. Yeah, that combined with the extra two kilometres going backwards and forwards to the house. Yeah, and had they not lied... To the Wiggles, which did not really slow the Wiggles up very much, they might have received some assistance. But instead, both Angie and and Ali and Haley and Emma draped their houses in orange cloths. That might have been a requirement of of production, but it certainly uh, they certainly could have whispered some advice had they been inclined to do so. Yeah. So we had a question from the audience. Peter wanted to know how would you go eating all those spiders and bugs. Sarah, you just would not. You would take the time penalty. Well, I'd sit next to you while you did it. Would you? Would you sit there while I ate the spiders? Mm -hmm. Screaming, crying, throwing up, like literally. <laughs> literally. Like, Teddy, uh, Harry was throwing up while Teddy was eating. I know. Harry, Harry was not helpful. He was going no. on and on about how gross and awful it was. He was kind of more upset about it than Teddy, who was not <laughs> not doing well I think I could do it I have I have eaten bugs before mm -hmm. I mean the grubs fine grasshoppers fine I'm pretty sure yep. I've eaten grasshoppers the little crickets are fine yeah cockroaches would have been gross but I would have done it the tarantulas I don't know I mean yeah. I hate spiders I am afraid of spiders I am a vegetarian um I think the thing is, Sarah, I have a really bad anxiety disorder. So pretty much every day of my life, I have to do something that almost triggers a panic attack. And when you live life like you're constantly in crisis, when you come up against an actual crisis, <laughs> you, you've, you've built tolerance to it. So I can't say that eating a tarantula would be any more upsetting for me than crossing bridges, driving a car, um, any of the things I have to do in my day-to-day -day life. So I think I could do it. I think You've I'd been be rehearsing very... for the amazing race all your life. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd hate every second of it and I would be like Haley crying. Um, but I do, I don't think I could bring myself to take the time penalty. Yes. Well, we had a question from but Weefer, who asks, do the players know the penalty times before the race or the leg begins? It seems some penalties are short, while the spider one was 60 minutes. Does production have these preset or do they determine this each leg? Everything that happens with production is preset because it cannot be, you know, you cannot advantage one team or another. Decide on a non-elimination leg just, to, just because of who's coming last. Sorry, conspiracy theorists. Uh, or decide on the amount of time depending on who's going to take the penalty. So the time penalty would be related to every single task and would be preset. Australia famously has quite short time penalties compared to the US and to a lesser extent Canada. So 
that's that. So this this time penalty would have been set at 60 minutes, but the racers do not know what the time penalty is going to be. And you'll notice that sometimes the time penalty has to be done at the task, as when George and Pam didn't dance, and other times it is at the mat, just whatever's going to be the most dramatic, and some of it would be practical. So when Beck and Kate decided to take the penalty, they didn't know if it was 20 minutes, 60 minutes or two hours. And we have seen four-hour penalties in the old the old uh, Amazing Race days. It's been a while since that. Interesting. Yeah, so it did make a big difference for them. If we move on to the pit stop, Darren and Tristan get in there first after Tristan downs those spiders like a champ. Um, Angie and Ali, good on them. I mean, again, consistent performers, despite hating every second of it. Angie got everything down um, and they reached the mat second. Beck and Kate then get their third, um, having not done the challenge, the roadblock, but they have to then sit by the mat and serve their time penalty. So Yana and Core end up coming in third. Um, Yana, having, again, didn't mess around. Emma and Haley fourth. It's then very tight between Harry and Teddy and then Beck and Kate finishing the time penalty. So Harry and Teddy make it there coming in fifth with only a couple of minutes to spare, which leaves Beck and Kate skinny legends out of the race. Yes, it's sort of a shame that they were eliminated on a time penalty rather than in, than doing a task. I think that must be disappointing. But skinny legends they are and so they remain. They are out. They have provided entertainment for us. Thank you for your service. They have highlighted their charity they were not my favourite races, as has been clear. But uh, at this stage, it's sort of hard to, to lose anybody because we've got had great entertainment from everybody and the field has thinned so much. It's true. And I did think it was delicious irony that they went out over delicious. a food challenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. It- Very true. Famously, their stomachs were too tiny to eat a banana, too skinny for a banana, and so obviously too skinny for four ramekins of bugs and three spiders. (laughs) It couldn't be expected to eat all that much. Uh, So, yeah, it it was sad to see them go out here, and I will miss the drama and the teasing that came with having them here, but I, I couldn't have given up any of the other five. No, I have to say, I mean, interestingly, in my notes, I put I thought it would be a non-elimination leg, but it's not. It felt uh, rhythmically around about they are predetermined. Yes, they are. I don't care what you say, conspiracy theorists. They are predetermined. Uh, and Bo always emphasizes that word very, very heavily. Yes. Uh, but it just, so you know, as a as a as the rhythm of the race goes on. This is, a, you know, slightly shorter than we used to because a smaller number of, of uh, races. But it felt right that it was a non-elimination. And I also thought narratively, even though that's not controlled, narratively it would have been an interesting one to be a non-elimination. Then you'd be really annoyed that you ate the tarantulas. 
but uh, out they go. Uh, and and thank you for your service. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, thank you, and moving on to and episode. Moving on. <laughs> to episode eight, where they have to travel from Siem Reap to the floating village on Tonla Sap. Um, I loved this. I didn't get to go to the village uh, while I was there, but it looked stunning. Um, so they have to visit a bookshop first to get school supplies. And then they travel to the Tonla Sap school via first via Tuk Tuk, then via boat to learn the Khmer version of Old MacDonald has a farm. <laughs> I thought Haley and Emma were never going to get out of that shop. It's like, <laughs> girls, you're on a t- it, the, there's a t- TikTok, TikTok wiggles. But, oh, look at these pens. Oh, should we get these pens? Oh, what about these pens? Oh, that is me in a stationery shop. Absolutely. But not when I'm running a race. Say, would they like those? Are the queens who can't go to office works without dropping. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that's me. Absolutely, love it. Um, I also thought it was quite sweet that Darren and Tristan brought extra toys. Yes, we know that Darren's not a natural with children, but maybe he's that uncle who doesn't really like to spend time with you, but always buys you the best presents. Yes, I I buy that, as he would buy the presents. I like that he referenced Waterworld and Tristan just looked at the camera and pulled a face, which was very funny. It's like, okay, old man. <laughs> I liked this challenge. I thought it was it was fun. It, it was enough of a of a challenge. And strangely, because it's a familiar tune, it's almost harder to put the not only the words in Khmer, but also the sounds that the animals make are not the same sounds that 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 English speakers animals make, if you follow what I mean. I do. This was something that always fascinated me in primary school. I learned Mandarin in primary school and we had to learn what sounds, you know, a cow made according to Chinese children. And I always thought it was interesting that around the world we have such different interpretations of that. Makes sense, though. Um, the only part of this this particular challenge I found a bit cringe was Darren and Harry needing to go to extra lengths to hammer home to us all how naughty they were in school. Like, okay, we get it, bad boy of primary. Uh, excuse me while I just bring my eyes back from the inside <laughs> of my skull. I did roll them a little bit too much. <laughs> um, this is where Yana and Cor hit breaking point Cor loses it you know Yana's just so tough on Cor and condescending and then he snaps because he's a hormonal teenager she cries um this is probably the lowest point for these two yes yes I the bickering's been amusing but this no this was not this was no fun, I'm sure, for them and sort of not not fun for us either. It's a bit yeah. too real. I thought they really are both. And they look, they as, as we say, they love each other and it's just that thing where you cannot get on the same page. Ah, stationary job, page. But, <laughs> uh, but you have to. You have to work as a team. And she said, she's already said, look, we're going to have, we've got to remember to relax and have more fun. It's like, yes. Yes, yes, buddy. <laughs> so 
What's happening? <laughs> Sometimes it feels like you are the problem. Uh, other teams who are struggling. So today, Harry and Teddy are really leaning on Teddy's half a brain cell. Um, Harry lets Teddy know that he's just going to learn the dance moves, which are about, you know, 1% of this challenge. And then Teddy has to do the rest. Bless him. I love Teddy. Teddy has been, I never saw myself adoring him as much as I do. If you had said this to me in the preseason, I would never have believed it, but I do. I adore him. Shocked. Same. And, and just completely shocked. I think we have to go and watch his Love Island season after this, Sarah. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> maybe we maybe we could podcast about it. Yes. We'll report back. We'll we'll do the do the whole season and and give you one episode as yeah. a follow-up. Yes. The Teddy highlights. Yes. Um naturally Haley, Emma, Ali Angie, fantastic at this. Um, they seem to do it breezy. Emma Haley were perfection perfection Amazing. i mean i know i know it's their it's their job but uh i mean how many five holes have they had this is an ab- the absolute definition of a five hole they are amazing even my puffy is impressed mm-hmm. um interesting strategy darren and tristan seem to be the only team that really split up the song between them so tristan learnt the first half and darren learnt the second. So they ended up finishing third. Then Yana and Cor managed to pull it together before, bless Harry and Teddy, they got it there in the end. And we move on to the detour, fish or farm. So in fish, they have to use a tree root um, to catch some shrimp. It looked very physical. Meanwhile, over on farm, they had to memorize the layout of herbs in a floating garden bed, successfully recreate it, and then identify and label the plants. Which one would that you have to be the for, thing. Sarah? Well, uh, the the farm, I think, uh, t- uh, even without knowing how physical the tree root shrimp was I mean one of the problems is you're actually doing that from a boat and leaning out over the boat and now the farm beds are also floating but you're on them so you're sort of moving with them uh and I I don't mind getting my hands dirty and I know I know my herbs uh but do you know the difference between basil and holy basil Annabelle because core question whether Yana did you know (laughs) (laughs) Labeling them seemed to to be the thing that tripped those the farm teams up. Which one would you have done? Definitely farm. Um, you know, I've grown a lot of Southeast Asian herbs and vegetables in my garden before. I think pretty much all of them, except for some of the vegetables I I have grown. So that would have been a no brainer for me. This girl is never opting for the physical challenge unless she has to. <laughs> That's the way. Good to know strategy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That said, the first three teams to finish at the school all opt for shrimping, which leaves Yana, Cor, Harry and Teddy to do the farming. Over at the fishing, um, it's very slow going because of the heavy lifting element. 
um, Darren and Tristan lose <laughs> an oar and then sink the boat. So good. And the two women, women teams just watch them sink. It's just beautiful. <laughs> no helping here. <laughs> no helping. Well, they're in, you know, they're, they're all in, they're all in trouble to a greater or lesser extent, but uh, yes. And, and Aaron is going to be asked later why he's so wet. And he says he's hot and sweaty. It's like, no, you were dunked in the river. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not a bad thing given how much physical work he'll have to do later. Of course, Yana and Cora fighting. Harry is is getting a bit frustrated with them at this point. He's like, look, it's supposed to be relaxing. And him and Teddy have quite a cute moment where they tell each other that they love, they love them and that they never want to fight like Yana and Cora. It would be yeah. so sad if we had a fight. I love you, bro. No, I love you, bro. Well, they are in Cambodia, so they need to do it. <laughs> I loved Yana saying, it's quite nice to do something relaxing, except she said, it's quite nice to do something relaxing through gritted teeth. Incredible. Mom, can I have a turn? Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. Uh, but with Harry and Teddy, one of them hand feeds the other a herb. He says, yes. Tastes like dirt. He says, oh, I've got dirt on my hands. So he leans down and just chews the leaf on the plant. I love this voice. I know you're listening. We love you. We love you. Harry on his hands and knees chomping on that basil like a cow sent me. (laughs) I, it was everything. Um, So finishing order, Haley and Emma finish the shrimps first, followed by Ali, Angie, Darren and Tristan. They do recover. Um, Yana and Core, they have a reset here. They tell each other that they love them and, and have a big hug. And they do manage to head to the roadblock, but only just ahead of Harry and Teddy. Yeah, so so it's Cambodia for them. <laughs> oh, Sarah, you're too quick. <laughs> So this roadblock is against the grain and this was full on. So the person who did the, this. This was, oh, especially after what they've been through, just oh. exhausting. So they had to pound rice kernels and then toss them so that they could separate the heavier rice from the the rice that you could actually eat. According to Harry, it's 50 degrees Celsius. And I think for those teams going from the physical intensity of the shrimping to this, it it just would have been so difficult. I mean, Ali says her arms are still hurting from the rowing. Darren arrives completely exhausted. I really felt for them on this one. Yes, that mortar and pestle. I mean, I do, I do lady pounding it. Oh, lady pounding! Um, I do lady like pounding with my my hand sized mortar and pestle. These were huge. The, the the pestle. I think that's the, the the thumpy bit. It was really big, and I think if you'd been hauling in the tree root, because they would haul it in and get two shrimps, so it was going in and out of the water. Definitely more physically challenging than the laying out of the garden bed although as you say all the shrimpers came 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 out first uh i i think stand in the shade is one of the things to do 
Yeah, so Emma got in first. She was going to compete because Haley did the spiders and she <laughs> said she took the only spot in the shade, but it was still really hot. So all the people who did this one are the ones who didn't have to, to eat at the restaurant. So it's Emma, Ali, Darren, Cor, and Harry. Um, Emma seems pretty buoyed. Um, so the prospect of coming first looks to be giving her and Haley that extra motivation to keep going. Um, and good on them because they do finish this roadblock first, which I thought oh, they was were impressive. so thrilled. They were so oh, thrilled. And I was thrilled for, for them. them. Mm, they're good racers. They really are good racers. They are. Um, Yana is motivating Core by berating him from the sidelines. And oh, Harry can't stop himself here. He he says in confessional that he knows he shouldn't be intervening in family dynamics and let alone telling a parent how to parent their child. But he can't restrain himself from telling Yana she's not being helpful and she should leave Cor alone. <laughs> the boys feel so protective of Cor and I just find this so sweet. Yes, she, he he says to Yana, you should encourage him. And she says, this is how I'm encouraging him. <laughs> so if you, I mean, if you think that her, her model is Olympic coaches, um, you know, berating probably is the way to go. Athletes do make the toughest parents. Mm. <laughs> um, oh, and then poor Cor accidentally kicks his bowl of rice and oh, spills it. Heartbreaking. Absolutely like, heartbreaking. Cor, you kicked the rice, buddy. And he's like, oh, yes, I can oh, no, the bowl. Mom. Oh, oh, no. oh, mum. But Cor, absolute champion, he makes up heaps of time here. So Emma and Haley have left. They're first at the pit stop. This is actually their second first. This race, Ali and Angie come in second, and this is their fourth time coming second. They're very consistent performers. But Cor manages to overtake Darren in this roadblock. Um, and... So he he finishes before Harry and Darren, and they make it to the pit stop third. I think this was really impressive. Good on him. Um, and, you know, Yana was super proud of him too. Harry finishes before Darren, but only just. And it's a very tight foot race to the mat. Darren and Tris It's a real one. It's a, a real, real one. one. Because we saw both teams in the same frame. So that's how you know it's not a manufactured, edited uh, excitement. They are actually right. You can see them right there. They, they get to the map basically at the same time. Darren and Tristan get to jump on it first. There's hardly anything in it. And, oh, Sarah, I was so glad this was a predetermined non-elimination because even though Harry and Teddy are probably the next to go, I I was not ready to say goodbye yet and certainly not when it was so close. Yes, I, I agree. And not to be mean, but if there was any of these five teams I could have let go, I, I, 
Darren and Tristan could could have gone right. I mean, they famously, Darren is not my favorite person on this show. Yes. But even then, I feel like they are such a top tier team that to see them not make the finale wouldn't have sat well with me either. As they yes. were racing to the end, I was like. I'm just not going to be happy with either outcome because Darren and Tristan don't want them to win, do want them to make the finale. And Harry and Teddy, oh, I, I'd have been gutted. Don't take our stallions away from us. But no. Bo does the absolute classic that Phil also does, which is he says, Harry, Teddy, you are the last team to arrive. How's it been? How are you feeling? And those of us who watch the show go, oh, he didn't say they're eliminated. But, of course, they start to talk, well, it's been great and here we are in Cambodia and we love each other. And Well, I'm sorry, but you won't be going home just yet because this is a predetermined non-elimination. <laughs> oh, and it was, you know, rhythmically, as I said about the, about the previous leg, it felt like this, should, this is about the right time for a non-elimination. But I was very happy. And, yes, I, I, I think you're right. Darren and Tristan should be in the finale. So what are we saying? Darren and Tristan, the Wiggles, and who's the third? Well, shall we go into average placements? Because I've yes, updated please. them. I love the average placements. <laughs> so in first place, though, by not as large a margin as last time, we've got Tristan and Darren with an average placement of 2.8, which is super impressive, really, when you think about it. Um, coming in second is Ali and Angie with an average placement of 3.1. They, as I said, have had four second place finishes, one first, and it's really only a couple of sixth place finishes, which is dragging down their overall average. I think they are, they could win this if things go oh, poorly. Uh, absolutely. And there's only 0.3 of a difference between them and, and Tristan Darren at this point. So coming in third um, is Emma and Haley with a 3.3 average placement. So again, only a couple of, of points between them. Yana and Core in fourth. And now this is where the gap really starts to open up. So Yana and Core have an average placement of 3.8. And then Teddy and Harry, who have just not recovered since their episode four placement are in 4.6. So I, I think we can see that Teddy, Harry, Yana Core, probably the next teams to go. And I think it's going to be the all girlies teams plus Tristan and Darren in the finale. That's my prediction. Oh, good prediction. And I, I was going on vibes and I think I would have vibed, vibed those three as well, much though it's going to be a sad day to lose Buddy and Mom. Uh, and the Stallions, it just feels like the fatal flaws are going to be Harry and Teddy are really, as, as I've said several times, they don't have the endurance, I don't think. And Yana and Kaur, their fatal flaw is the slight power struggle that is natural between a parent and a 16-year-old child and their inability to let one of them lead. You know, really, they should have just chosen day by day. Okay, you're in charge today. <laughs> I will only speak. I'll speak when you ask, but otherwise it's all up to you. And then tomorrow I'll be in charge. Uh, 
So it's it's interesting to see it's it's very uh, David Attenborough this uh, this struggle of the adolescent as he tries to ha- tries to become his own man and particularly I think it's been interesting for him to have Harry and Teddy there they're such core fans and you know I just think about them sitting on the beach at the dusk looking at the water and at being boys together I so know. I think that's been very formative for him too. Uh, I think that that Emma and Haley will be in the top three because of their unfailing cheerfulness. I mean, they're sisters, and we have not heard a word between them. It's unless they save it all for the for the uh, hotel room, but I'm sure they don't. Angie and Ali, as you say, they just get on with it, and that consistent second, second, second. I always think, oh, have they finished? You know, they never seem very flashy. But they're always up there. Uh, Darren and Tristan, of course, I think Darren's competitiveness and Tristan's, uh, he's very adept at all sorts of things. Not that Darren isn't, but Tristan is particularly adept uh, and they will be there too. So, yes, I'm going on vibes, you're going on maths, and we've come to the same conclusion. Well, actually, let me just throw a spanner in the works for a second here. Because Yana and Cor are the second most consistent team. So they they didn't play super well in the first three episodes. But actually, from episode four onwards, they have been in the top three every single time. So I wonder if perhaps their overall average is just being dragged down by that the time they lost their bags and they came in eighth. And they they have been very consistent performers, so they could surprise us all and miraculously push out, say, Emma and Haley, who have had a couple of firsts but have also finished at the back before as well. If it comes to a foot race, I mean, you could do it that way. If it comes to a foot race, Yana and Cora are going to beat Emma and Haley. I just... I just wonder what the story is that the editors are telling us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what makes me think that it's going to be Emma and Haley and not not Yana and Cor. But I can we're going that. to find out in a few short days. <sighs> and I can't wait. So, Sarah, in the meantime, where can people find you and what have you got going on? Well, in the meantime, I am available on all social media, all the things everywhere, at Sarah Carradine. Uh, Next week we're going to have a wonderful guest, Dan Heaton, who is a fantastic, amazing race scholar. So we're going to give a call for general questions about the race that I know you have, uh, Annabelle. I do too because every time you ask a question I think, oh, I should check with Dan if that's right or not. And our listeners also may have questions questions so questions both for the legs for next week plus any uh, general questions so that's going to be exciting here on silent podcasts i joined katie and javier to sniff out the traders canada um you can find me every tuesday on our hop reality tv wrap-ups my fourth and i will bring you a true crime review on crime scene s-e-e-n and coming up in november over on post show recaps I'll be covering The Buccaneers with Geneva Guadalupe and Latonya Starks and I will be unwinding the twists and turns of a murder at the end of the world. And what about you, Queen? Where can people find you? 
Well, now I'm shaking with fear. Um, but people can find About me. About what? Murder. Being- oh, murder. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant about being found. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be murdered. Um, mm-hmm. People can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Annabelle C-E-F. Um, you I've also got a lot going on too. So I too am covering the Traitors Canada on Brink of Reality with Chili Philly. Um, we just did an exit interview with uh, one of the eliminated contestants as well. Awesome. That was super fun. Um, and you heard it here first. Also on the Brink of Reality, Chili Philly and I are going to be recapping Survivor UK, which comes out this Sunday night. How exciting. Brilliant. So can't wait to have you all. Thank you so much, Isaiah and the team at Silent Podcast. We really appreciate you giving us this platform to talk all things The Amazing Race Australia Celebrity Edition. Till next time, remember... It looked easy when the guy did it. I'm in pain.